1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: The second hour on a Friday. Chad Harbin here with you on WCCO. My friend for a long time, Johnny Krasinski from The Athletic is here. Like all of our guests, he is on the John Schuster Coldwall Banker Hotline. I think a lot of us weren't born when John broke his first story with The Athletic. Yes, he is the one. Who confirmed that George Mikan was signing with the Minneapolis Lakers? In fact, that was his byline. That was your debut with the Athletic. How did it feel to break that story?
0: It was just, you know, it was a tremendous honor, and it, it does. There's sometimes I've been on this beat where it does feel like I've been on it that long, Chad. So yeah, uh, that it, it, there has been those feelings. Not as much this season, but uh, that was no. a thrill for me to get the Mikan beat and to beat Sid, your father, at it. That was yes. impressive.
2: Uh, Yeah, he said he never talked to you ever again. uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, and he didn't. (laughs) And he he lived up to it. Okay, (laughs) so let's say, and I know an argument can be made for five or six teams, but if the athletic calls you today and says, John, we need you to rank the best teams in the National Basketball Association as of today, with the All Star break in the rear view mirror. By the way, too long, too long of a break. Let's go. Let's get games going. Where are the Wolves on John Krasinski's list as of right now?
0: Yeah, I think right now, Chad, they are number two. Uh, Boston's number one. I think they've been number one all season. Uh, certainly, there's been some jockeying in the Western Conference with Oklahoma City, with the Clippers, um, you know, with with Denver. But um, as of right now, I mean, we are, we're well, we're only 27 games left in the season. There's a large sample Mm -hmm. size, and the Wolves have been in first place in the West for most of the season. They have some really quality wins over the Clippers, over the Thunder, over the Nuggets, over a lot of the teams that are kind of right around them in the standings. And so until they really stumble, uh, I'm just going to put them where I think they belong, and that's at number two.
2: I agree, 100%. In particular, how they have played of late, because you make this point frequently in your stories. The defense has been there from the opening tap. Gobert has set the tone, but the way Cat has played such better defense, Jaden isn't in foul trouble. He's effective. Ant? When he really locks in, is very good, so the defense has been there. But the X factor of late, as you know, is the offense. And if they score at this level, John, I think they're better than any team in the West. I I don't know if this is just a blip or they have figured something out, but of late, their offense hasn't, and I'm not expecting 48 minutes of crisp perfection, but they have not had the consistent lulls, and even later in games when they've needed to score points, they have done it. And I know you agree with that. Why? Why is it happening? Yeah,
0: I think there's two things that are going on. And really, I, I think the last ten games they have the third-ranked offense in the NBA, which, when you put with this defense, makes them almost impossible to beat. Um, yeah. Some of that is opponent, but um, they played Portland a couple of times um, to, to juice those stats, but. Um, one thing that were two things that we've seen with the improved uh, offense over the last, even really last 15 games, they've been a lot better. And one is they're just not turning the ball over as much. Now they're not only turning it over like five or six times a game, that's super minuscule, but they are not doing it 18, 19, 20 times a game. And that was really their biggest problem for most of this season. It was limiting the amount of possessions because what we have learned about this offense is that when they take shots they make them they are one of the best shooting Mm -hmm. teams in the league from three-point range at the rim everywhere they they knock down shots and so they have to just get to a point where they are not giving up possessions with their turnovers and they get shots off because they go down more often than most other teams do so turnovers number one number two decision making anthony edwards is getting a lot better lately with his decision-making, making making the simple read and the simple pass. His assist-to-turnover ratio of of late is off the charts. And if you get that to a point with this 22-year-old dynamic score where he is not forcing the game but letting the game come to him and finding open teammates, then that just makes everything else so much easier for this Timberwolves offense. And so if they are able to sustain this, Chad, and they don't have to be the number three offense in the nope. league. They just just nope. be around 10, be around 11. Then they're going to be in every series. They're going to be in every game that they play.
2: Well, let's take it even further. If, if the defense stays where it has been all season, and as long as they stay healthy, there's no reason to believe it's going to dramatically fall. They'll, they'll have three or four games. They'll have games where you're like, where is their defense? Mm-hmm. But that core is established. But, John, if they would stay near the top five offensively, then they would In win the, the championship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I just think they'd win it. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, you, you, that sort of combination, they couldn't be beat. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just trying to emphasize how interesting for the rest of the season this recent offensive stretch has been. You're right on the opponents, but – and I go back to that clipper performance, and I get great teams yeah. who, who could lose in the second round have certain games. Mm-hmm. But I think the second half, 18 minute stretch, before it turned into garbage time because the Wolves were, were so far ahead. Somebody has to convince me that wasn't the best 18 minute stretch by any team in the league this year because the Clippers were playing well. Mm-hmm. It was home. The Clippers had just come off a road trip where they did well. And the Wolves got a bit manhandled late in that first half. And they did everything, not to perfection, but in the neighborhood for 18 minutes.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you, Chad. I mean, I, our, my colleague, John Hollinger, who watches every game all the time, uh, remarks about that game that it was probably the best defensive half of the basketball that he's seen in a long long time and that's the thing Chad is that you look at what as you know what happens in the playoffs it's all about matchups right how do you match up against Mm. the other team? and so many of these teams that the Wolves have the potential to face they match up really well against they want the Clippers let's play isolation basketball and let's see you try and score on these guys in a seven game series let's you know, play the Oklahoma City Thunder and let's just see if you can really small ball it for seven games and win. Play the, um, you know, the Denver Nuggets, the Dallas Mavericks, and just see, like, let's just see how you match up. They match up so well against so many of their potential opponents. I love them against the Lakers. I love them against the Warriors. Um, Really, like, New Orleans and maybe Denver are the two teams that that Mm -hmm. I really kind of worry about. But the rest of them it's i i don't see them winning you know if they do sustain as you said if they do sustain this offense and this defense um that's where the expectation should be right now is western conference finals and if you get the right teams uh you're going to the finals which it, it's just ridiculous to say it right chad like we I mean we've covered this team forever and to think that this yep. is the expectation yep. right now or reasonable it's amazing mm-hmm.
2: yeah it is it's uh I think we all thought they'd be better, but let's be honest, Mm -hmm. none of us, including the Wolves, thought they would be this good. Let's put Johnny in hold. John Krasinski is with us. Uh, He owns this beat. Check out his uh, great coverage with The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter. I want to come back, and I want to get him to react to what uh, Chris Finch said yesterday about Carl Towns, the Mike Conley contract, and a little Glenn Taylor talk. Plenty with John when we come back here on WCCO.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on
2: linkedin.com slash recommend today. Wolves and the Milwaukee Bucks. It's a 4 a.m. start time. No, it's a uh, 9, 10 start time. A little TV action. Johnny Krasinski will be there. He'll cover it. For The Athletic, The Athletic with John and Russo and so many others, if you care about sports in this town, it is an absolute must, and it is worth it. I want to talk Carl Towns here. Uh, In our back and forth, whether it's us or a couple texting threads we're in, it is very clear you show more patience on Carl than I do. If we went back the amount of times we said, I'm done with him, It, it, it wouldn't be a small amount. And I'm here to react to what I heard Chris Finch say to PA yesterday and also to praise – now, I didn't hear all the interview, but, you know, Paul asked Finch about, you know, that drop-off in January when they, you know, in part of early February, when they weren't playing well, and he put a lot on Cat and said, you know, mm-hmm. defensively Cat was so good in November, December, and then he slipped, and now he's been so much better, so much to Add to that, and then I just want to praise him. Now, are there there parts of the game that I still roll my eyes a little bit at? Yes. But to be the star, he has been the totality of his life. Highest recruited player, star player on the Kentucky team, number one pick overall. For back-to-back years when they do this GM survey early in Carl's career, (laughs) you can have any player – you can build around it was Carl back-to-back years and then he slipped and then Edwards emerges and then the Gobert trade how he has adapted much better than I expected I gotta be honest to the Gobert trade and has worked in partnership with Edwards and even seized a significant part of the offense to Edwards on, on all those things I think he deserves uh, great praise so on all that, just to jump in where you'd like.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that, first of all, uh, you and Finch and and people were correct. Like, his slippage defensively was a big part of the swoon in January. And once he got back to being focused and locked in on that end, they're a lot better. He obviously still does also have a lot to prove in the playoffs. When the pressure cooker Mm -hmm. really kind of ratchets up, how is he going to handle that? And will he be able to still kind of perform at the same level that he has done in the regular season. That is still very much up in the air. What he has proven that he is not so far is he is not the LeBron James type number one pick who could just say, I'm here, so we are going to be good. Like, that's not that's not his thing. But to your point, Chad, which I think has been underrated and overlooked throughout the totality of his career, is that he has put up all NBA numbers, he's been an all-star, he's got the max contracts. How many of the same people in his position in this modern era of the NBA would have had eight general managers and five head coaches, would have kind of had his name drugged through the mud in the Jimmy Butler situation, would have really been embarrassed kind of by Tibbs and Jimmy in that situation, and would have stayed. Like, he has stayed through all of that. He has stayed through Ryan Saunders coming and going. He had, he, Chris, Chris Finch, who wrote a big piece at The Athletic this week about how accommodating Carl was at the beginning to Chris Finch, even after his guy Ryan was let go and he did not know Chris from, from, from anything. He was the one who reached out and kind of started to broker a relationship there. He was the one who was most accommodating to Rudy Gobert from the outset when he first arrived, even when some people were looking at him being like, what is this guy all about? What, you know? Why do we have to kind of kowtow to him? And he, he has shared the spotlight with Ant as, as, as well as any sort of pseudo face of the franchise could have to be done. So in those respects, just to see the way that he has generally handled it, there's been some immaturity that we see on the court sometimes in what he says on podcasts and things like that mm-hmm. but from the sure. overall apart he's been very mature and and I just like I respect that about him and um and I think that's been overlooked a lot because it's easier to make fun of the things that he says or the offensive fouls and things like that um but from a big picture perspective he's he's really been accommodating and adaptable which not a lot of stars are in the NBA these days.
2: Conley signs, the news comes out, clearly um, this trade is one of the best trades in Wolves history, you know, to to trade your guy, D-Lo, and, yeah. and get Conley and and Naw in the way both of them have played. I mean, this isn't just Mike. It's Naw has been uh, essential to their success. He They sign him at great value. I, I just am reminded how often this guy has won. I mean – Mm. briefly at Ohio State they're in the they're in the championship game when he was in Memphis they were a number one seed one year Utah number one seed one year number one seed here the guy it's it's you know he he needs talent around him but he makes the talent a lot better and he brings a great deal of talent so two parts on this just on Conley and how this has worked out And then let's just jump into the financial stuff because Ant's going to most likely be all NBA this year, probably third team, second team. That's going to jump his contract even higher. Carl's contract kicks in. Jaden's contract kicks in. And we're about to get to who's going to own the team next year with the next question. But if they keep, and let's, let's not even count Kyle Anderson here. Aren't we looking at tax penalties of 60 80 eighty plus million dollars for whoever owns this team if they keep this core together?
0: Yeah, yeah. So first of all, Conley—it's uh, the best trade in Timberwolves history, without question. Um, when you get Mike Conley, you get Nikhil Alexander Walker, and you get three second-round picks. And next season, Chad, when Conley's first year of his you know 11 million dollar salary kicks in he and Nikhil alexander walker will be making collectively less than d'angelo russell so Mm -hmm. um so it's just it's 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 essential um it's been an unbelievable trade tim connelly deserves a ton of credit for that and for several other moves um but yes this, this 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 team is going to get very expensive starting next year um though there's two things to that one is yeah okay you have to look at um whether it's glenn taylor whether you know alex mark uh, alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie are going to you know be taking over presumably here fairly soon what are their what are their finances and and are they able to pay such a hefty bill but the the good news is is that if you do pay the luxury tax i know there's a lot of hand-wringing about the second apron and about some of the limitations it provides for people roster building wise in terms of the trades you can't make in terms of the players, the, the, the mid-level exceptions, you can't sign the good news for the wolves is their core is set right now. They're not going to be going out and trying to sign a $20 million player because they have everyone together. So the hope is, is that they win enough in the playoffs to offset some of the financial burden from this tax piece. And that eventually all of this success, would help them build a new arena several years down the road and then your print Mm -hmm. money no matter what. So, um, yes, it's a very, in a short term, it's going to be very expensive, but if they are successful as a group, if they don't lose in the first round, um, if they go deep into the playoffs, I think it can be sustainable for a couple of seasons here.
2: Last one is, is on the ownership here. Um, Mm -hmm. A-Rod and Mark Lori emerged a couple years ago and the step-by-step process to own 80% and eventually have the option to own all of it. And both of us have stayed in contact with a lot of people, you in particular, with some skepticism on did they have the money, and there have been delays. Um, they've certainly brought a lot of people to Target Center the last couple months trying to figure out a way where they still are the majority owners, but they bring in another group, some sort of entity that's bringing in a lot of cash. There have been people close to Glenn Taylor who have been very dubious if they would eventually close the deal. Let's be honest on Glenn's side. He still loves it. He sold this for 1.6 billion. If it went back to him, Considering the surge with the league, this upcoming NBA contract, which is going to be enormous, it, it, it's worth maybe $3 billion, As as crazy as that is. So when this finishes, or when we're having this conversation one year from today, because there's a lot of times the two of us have chatted in the last year where we thought Glenn might end up owning the team. Do we now believe, do you now personally believe that A-Rod, Lori, and some other group will have the money to take controlling interest of this club?
0: Uh, yeah, as of right now, Chad, I do believe that. Um, I think they certainly have brought in partners. Um, the Carlisle group is one. I think there's a few others that they have tried to get together. I think they're going to have a package financially that presents to the league and says, here's the money, here's how we got it. Do you approve or do you not approve? And um, and so I think they're going to go through that process. It has been a laborious one. Um, they have worked very hard to try and get this stuff. But to I guess to their credit, they have made every deadline that they had to make um, so far. Maybe there's you know maybe it's gone along a little bit longer than some of us ha- ha- would have expected, but they've met everything. And if you talk to people in their group, they are fully convinced that when push comes to shove they'll be ready with their deal so right now chad i'm in the position of until i see it fall apart until i see them miss the deadline and not be able to pay i'm moving forward with the assumption that alex rodriguez and mark laurie are going to be the majority owners if that does not happen obviously there will be big big thing that will be big news and we'll cover it and we'll figure it out um but uh, as of right now, I think they, they are fully confident they're going to get a deal done. And I think Glenn Taylor is starting to kind of, uh, I don't know, accept, but just understand that, hey, this is all going through here. And so um, if it doesn't happen, he'll certainly be ready and to, to, to resume control and, and keep it. But, uh, but as of right now, everything that from their side of the equation sounds like, they're going to be ready to go, and this, this transfer is going to happen. But it will still require legal approval. There will still be hoops mm-hmm. to jump through, but I think they will have money to present to to make their case.
2: And then the arena battle will jump in. I'm I'm yeah. I'm hearing some reports. You may be one of the investors. Would you like to confirm <laughs> or deny that?
0: I, I'm digging in the couch cushions right now. There might be some <laughs> uh, conflicts of interest if I were to get in, but I would love yes. To get in on the front yes. on the front end of that, because I think uh, I would have to worry less about journalism if I had that in my back pocket yeah, pocket yeah. to uh, carry me uh, forward here. Yeah,
2: a lot of coffee, uh, Red Bull. What's going to keep you awake for this nine uh, ten start tonight?
0: Yeah, I'm not a coffee drinker, um, so I'm I am i am going to take a um, take a little nap this afternoon, and then mm-hmm. I will have uh, diet Dr Pepper to take to take me through, and that's. Uh, that's just going to have to be it. That's, I'm trying not to do too much to my body to, to kill it, but uh, I think it's going to be rowdy and fun in there tonight. People will be a little bit looped oh, yeah. up, and so maybe that yes. maybe that energy will be enough to, to keep me awake and, and keep me going. So.
2: Just go to ODS for a couple hours before your duties. That'll that'll work out
0: rather. Yeah, much. well, I, maybe afterward because before uh, I would be in no shape to uh, to to, to put any yeah. sentences together. So
2: <laughs> always appreciate, it, sir. We'll uh, talk soon. Thank you. Thanks, Chad. See you. Johnny K., John Krasinski, right here talking about the Wolves. Let's get back to the uh, Burnsville tragedy and some of the information which came out late yesterday. It is uh, haunting to see how all this played out. Uh, Dave and I will talk about it. You obviously can chime in any time you would like. Just don't forget those uh, texting numbers or phone numbers. Same one, 651-461-9226.